Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First of yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday. Um, Miss Universe is still a thing, apparently. Uh, we'll find out why we're talking about that shortly. Uh, the man who microchipped himself. Uh, what was the first thing you bought with your pocket money? And the peanut slab pie that seems to have uh, attracted social media's attention. But before any of that, sending letters from prison. What's acceptable and what isn't? And it shows how when it comes to rights and privileges, the control of those rights and privileges by the state, uh, in every case, is actually specific to the person and the crime. You know, tell a petty thief that you're not allowed to send or receive letters in jail, then every civil rights warrior, warrior would be up in arms. We all would be. It would be inhumane. doesn't sit well in our gut. But with this guy, though, you can't send or write letters and receive letters. It seems a no-brainer. It's a bit like the suspension of voting rights for prisoners. Everyone feels in their heart it's the right thing to do. Not Don't let them vote. But in the cold light of law, applied equally to every citizen, the courts have already ruled it's against the Bill of Rights. So where are we? The Corrections Minister... Calvin Davis, yesterday said this, the letter should never have been sent. But he admits the difficulty of the situation, and he said New Zealand has never had to manage a prisoner like this before. Ban his correspondence, he gains attention. Allow his correspondence, he gains attention. Either way, we're giving oxygen to the fire he's trying to ignite. This will be the talk back today. What, were you, what would you do about the mail if you were managing this person? There is no easy answer to this. It shows you how long and painful the process of bringing this man to justice will be. It's like excising a cancer. You just have to get into the process. You just have to grit your teeth and commit to the process knowing there's going to be some pain. There will always be some regret that some form of summary justice was not meted out on the 15th of March, if you know what I mean. And by the way, today is five months since the atrocity. It's tricky, isn't it? Um, I mean, I, obviously we're all agreed that he can't be sending call-to-arms letters to Russia. But are we saying that no prisoners are allowed to write letters ever? We're not saying that, are we? It's, yeah. It's one of those situations where, another one of those situations where uh, you just can't have one rule for everybody. You've got to have specific rules for specific people, like Miss Universe contestants, for example. What in the name of all that is holy did the organisers of the Miss Universe New Zealand pageant think they would gain by taking their finalists to the Uhumatau protest site yesterday? The 12 finalists walked around the muddy ground speaking to protest leaders, no doubt offering them the enormous benefit of their experience as citizens of the world. Um... Perhaps some of the beauties didn't realise that a housing development's muddy because there was a lot of high heels. You know, am I visiting a building site or am I a beauty contestant? What am I? What trumps it? Oh no, out come the high heels. Gummies would have been good. Your red bands would have been good, girls. But nonetheless, pretty white frocks, high heels and sashes. It's just such a circus. Such a circus, and along come the show ponies. Pretty as pictures, fragrant as you like. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? Mm, feel your pain. Bye. And off they go again for another photo call at a Westfield shopping mall or wherever beauty contestants go when they're not at a humato in their high heels. I'm sorry. I'm sure they're very well-meaning. 
but it looked absurd. Do they still have a um, swimsuit category? Um, I can't remember. Because there's Miss World and Miss Universe. Are they both still going? I'm pretty sure one of them doesn't have a swimsuit category anymore. One of them does. I, I haven't actually been following it particularly closely, to be honest. But that would have been even better if they turned up in their swimsuits. That's where I was heading for. Um, yeah, people wear weird stuff. Um, this guy wears an RFID chip in his hand. Why did you get a chip in your hand? I really like the idea of the technology. It's just incredible that you can have something in your hand that um, you can connect to wirelessly and update the data on. So what does it do? Um, so you can scan it with your phone and get all kinds of information off it. You can get it to launch applications. You can get it to store your contact information. Um, there's all kinds of things you can do with it. But your phone can do this stuff, right? Your phone can store contact information. So why did you want to have it in your hand? To be honest, it's a bit more of a novelty than anything else. There's oh. no real practical application for me, but um, I just like the idea that it's something that you're capable of. It's, it's like a, a tattoo or something, something personal. Um, Ryan, what, I was told, and you can tell me if this is true or not, though, that you were hoping you could use it to swipe your way into work. Uh, yes. But was something I was hoping for, but because um, now that would be because okay Ryan, that would be practical, wouldn't it? That would be handy, yeah. Handy, love it. Uh, did work say no? Uh, they weren't good with it, no. Why not? Uh, it was a security thing, I think. Um, I'm not too sure on the details. Well, they what what I, what could what po- what could possibly be more secure than your access being attached to your physical body? Uh, you see, I'm, I'm not too sure about technical details about it, but I think it was something to do with other cards being used to access the building. I think they want more control over the system. I'm not too sure. Well, it's probably see, probably the case is, Ryan, if you leave, then they can't take the microchip off you and you can have access forever. Um, how did you get it put into you? Uh, so I actually got a, got a friend to help me out with it. Uh, we did it in, in my flat and we, we got the syringe and um, put it in my hand. It was a pretty quick process. It only takes a few seconds, but... Um, you have to be a bit careful with the sterilisation and things. Um, hmm. I'm just trying to think if I've got any friends who are prepared to microchip me. Um, I've got a few people who aren't my friends who could who would probably step up to, to do it. Good old Ryan, eh? Okay. Um, I guess that's one thing you can buy with your pocket money. Uh, Sai and Phil were talking about other things that other people bought. What did you buy with your pocket money? What's the first big ticket item you bought with pocket money? I can tell you exactly what it was. What I still was have it? it. What was it? I put away on lay-by at a shop. We were living in Topo, and I was doing all the retired neighbours' lawns. I was mowing them all. Yeah. And it took me, I think, six weeks to get it, and it was the first, the second, the second long-playing vinyl album made by Elvis Presley. It was called Elvis. had a picture of him on the front side on in a purple-striped shirt with his hair all greasy duck tail. That was the, at the first back. thing you bought. And I've still got it. That's fascinating. Yeah. Ask me. What's the first thing you bought when you got pocket money? A calculator. It was the first ever calculator. <laughs> oh, no, wait. It was a calculator. Oh, no, just wait on. Again, you were the head board expert, <laughs> weren't you? Wait on. I humoured you about your Elvis Presley record. This calculator played music, oh. and it was the very first prototype of a video game. No jokes. So you'd have. So to was sh- it a calculator or a video game? It mate? was a calculator, but the numbers you could set it to a setting, and the numbers would come across the screen, and they'd get faster and faster, and you had to shoot the numbers with another number. So if the three so came, it's a video game. In other so words. if the th- no, I, was it? Was no, it calculator? It, it's all right.
But I think more of you that you bought a video game than a calculator. <laughs> Goodness me, Mr. No Fun, No Fun Police. No, I bought a calculator and That's a biro and a wee plastic container for my <laughs> right pocket. Yep. Um, so you tell kids those things these days and they won't believe you. Um, and also you shouldn't tell the kids those things. You should never tell anyone. Don't tell them you bought an Elvis Presley record because that makes you sound 150 and definitely don't tell them you bought a calculator. I mean, I had um, I had one of those calculators. I couldn't afford the cool one. There was a cool one that had cool games that you could do with numbers. I had an uncool one. See, so even... That's right. The most uncool video game ever and my one was even less cool. Uh, let's finish talking about the, the uh, peanut slab pie. Have you seen this? Uh, when you said uh, you asked about the, the chocolate bar and the pie, yes, I, did, I, I experimented, and so here's my verdict. <laughs> uh, the only pie that it really works on is a steak pie. Yes. Uh, and the best one is the New York pepper steak because the chocolate kills the pepper and you get the most amazing gravy. It, it's worth doing it. So it actually, it's not a, it, it's not a, a prank. It actually, the taste is extraordinary. It is. I'd say get yourself a New York pepper steak pie. Yes. Uh, just lift a little bit and stuff. I just put half one in because I think you haven't got enough room to put a whole one in, unless you get one of those mini bars. Yes. And you put the Whitaker's peanut uh, chocolate bar half in there. I left it for about six to eight minutes. Uh, and then I started eating it, and it, it is an experience. But the chocolate kills the the, the the sharpness of the pepper, and you get a quite a mild, really lovely, creamy uh, filling. Would you do it again, Elvin? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not against it. Um, I've had chocolate with meat before. I've had venison with a chocolate sauce. Uh, that was very good. Some people can't. Uh, deal with the, the idea of having sweet with their mains. Like they won't even have kiwi fruit on a steak, or in fact, some people won't eat pumpkin or kumra because it's too sweet. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I mean, if you're one of those people, you're going, yeah, so. Um, I find that weird uh, because I love all food equally. I am Glen ZB, not Brussels sprouts probably, or cauliflower. I've, I mean, food that actually has a taste. I'm, I'm keen on that. Uh, I am Glenn ZB. That has been News Talks have been for Friday, for the week. In fact, it's, it's for two weeks because I'm away next week, so there won't be any. But I'll see you back here again uh, Monday week.